0: Hey everyone, you tuned in to the Lead Generation Lab podcast, the science of real estate agent marketing, brought to you by Omega Title, Movement Mortgage, and MVP Realty. Come on, let's go. Welcome everyone once again to the Lead Generation Lab podcast, the science of real estate agent marketing. I am Anthony Bermudez, your host with the owner and broker of MVP Realty, Derek Carlson. Anthony, it is so good to be back. Fire them cannons over here, as I say Ah, in Tampa Bay, but, uh, well, it's good to touch base with you here and it's an interesting time because we're dealing with the pandemic and you would think that we wouldn't have this problem, but we do with inventory being at historic lows, people submitting multiple offers. Like what's, what's the landscape like that? What's going on? I've got to tell you, Anthony, I've been in the real estate industry for over 20 years now and, uh. I was here during the Great Recession. No, you were. 2008, right? And I've seen uh, back in 05 and 2006 when when people were flipping properties two, three different times over a matter of months. And I've got to tell you, I've never seen anything like this. Um, there's so much, how can I put this? There's, there's so much anxiety right now in the real estate industry. We have anxiety from sellers. Uh, the challenge that we're seeing with sellers right now is that you know they want to put their house in the market, but... They where? can't find anywhere to go. Yeah, where they're going to go. And then we have the anxiety from the buyers saying, well, I submitted the full price cash offer. Why didn't it get accepted? Yeah. And wow. then obviously that anxiety goes down to the buyer, uh, the, the buyer's agent and the listing agent, right? And then that anxiety gets passed on to the broker's. So we, we're just a big mess right now, Anthony. Yeah, a bunch so, of variables. Yeah, such a var- bunch of variables. So, you know, there's a couple of things I want to share with you. But today I want to give everybody that's listening to the lead generation lab podcast. I want to give everybody that's listening 21 proven strategies to get more listings, because I truly believe that if you get a listing right now in today's market, You'll have multiple offers by tomorrow wow that's how crazy it is so let me share with you why we're at you know i always like to tell uh, all the listeners of you know how did we get here why are we why are we here right now right and it all starts with supply and demand right now obviously during covid um that started last march uh you would assume like why would the real estate market get hot how could it get hot people are out of work um, there's uncertainty in in the marketplace and so forth. How did this happen? Well, I think COVID is actually one of the reasons why it did happen. Um, a lot of people that would have put in their home on the market last year, they didn't. Mm. Um, they 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 didn't feel safe leaving their house. Um, obviously, those people that were in Florida, they lived up north. There was there was travel mandates, right? So they couldn't come down to their property to even get it ready for sale or to even look. Mm-hmm. Uh, at at other properties to maybe either downsize or upsize. Um, But I think that, you know, right now that COVID, you have to look at COVID as as one of the reasons why we have low inventory. Now, you mentioned earlier when we kicked this off that, you know, historically low. What does that mean? Right now, if not one more property, and this is the whole United States, based on stats and facts, if we didn't have one more listing go in the MLS... We only have enough inventory as a country for 1.9 months. Oh, wow. And then we're done. Wow. Okay? So that's historically low right there. And um, so where's the demand coming from? Obviously, we talked about the the, the supply being low, right? Where's the demand coming from? Um, The demand, I believe, is coming from two different segments. The first, the demand is coming from buyers right now who could never qualify to purchase before. Why? The interest rates, the interest rates, okay? Um, And when you look at this, what segment of the buyers, right now about 30 to 35% of all buyers are first time home buyers, Mm. okay? And if you look at the age bracket of the majority of those first time home buyers, like if you look in the eighties, people in their twenties were buying houses. Mm-hmm. Right now it's the thirties, mid-thirties. That's the demographic of these first time homebuyers. And I gotta be honest with you, remember when you were in your twenties? Yeah. You were a lot smarter in your thirties. Yeah. You had a little bit more money in your savings, you knew what to do with that money more. Imagine that segment that first-time home buyer getting into a market where the interest rates are just wildly wildly different than what their parents had to get into. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at rates of I, I think I recently uh looked at 2.8, 2.9%. I think you got 2.8% yeah. recently. Um, another thing we told let's go back to supply a little bit. I'm just going to bounce around here. Right now in the United States, we're at about 70% home ownership. That's one of the highest Statistics ever for people owning their own home ever in the history of the United States. Mm. Okay. Now, as I said, I'm going to bounce around here before we get into the actual 21 proven strategies to get more listings. But I want you to understand the buying power. And we go back to that first time home buyer. Low rates increase buying power. So, for example, in the 1970s, if you took that decade, the average interest rate was 8.86%. In the 1980s, the average interest rate was 12.7%. In the 1990s, 8.12%. In the 2000s, it was 6.29%. And then in the 2010s, it was 3.99%. And then finally today, and it's actually lower than this, but as it stands today, we're hovering around 3%. Now, what does that mean? I'll give you an example in terms of buying power. If you took the highest rate, in the 1980s at 12.7%, and you took a $200,000 property, your monthly payment would be $2,166 on a $200,000 mortgage. Today, $894 Mm. for the same $200,000 property. So here's a, a very critical moment in time right now for real estate. It's one of the first times truly that everybody could say it's cheaper to buy than rent. Yeah. Which, again, has caused all this havoc on our entire industry. Um, so today, are you ready, Anthony? Let's do it. All right. So we're going to talk about, you know, this is called the Lead Generation Lab. So I told you the problem. Now we're going to bring you the solution. And so I've sat down with, uh, you know, basically my experience as well as our top agents, and we have come up with 21 proven strategies to get more listens, because I believe that the person that gets the listen listens controls their own destiny and a lot of agents are like, well, I'm trying to get listings. Are you really? Are you really? Because I'm going to give you 21 different ways and I'm hoping that there's one or two strategies in here that will really, really help you get to the next level. So f- first of all, let's talk about the elephant in the room. We know the inventory is low. There's no boo-hooing. There's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in real estate. You know the inventory's low. That every second you boo-hoo about that on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, it's not going to get you any you know closer to your goals. So here's the thing. You know you have a challenge. What are you going to do about it? I, and I always propose that to our agents. Like, listen, boo hooings is not going to help anybody. You know there's a problem. We need to find a solution. That's what professionals do. That's what business owners do. So, and I think that, you know, ultimately, this, there's many different solutions, but I'm hoping that ultimately one of these 21 ways will help you get more inventory. Are you ready? Yeah, man. 21 right. ways. Let's go. Number one, the path of least resistant. You must contact all of your past clients ASAP. Period. Okay, a lot of you are afraid to call those clients that you sold homes to three, four, five, ten, fifteen 10, 15 years ago. you got to call them. you got to reach out to them. They need to know what's going on in the market with some of the stats that we went over earlier and so forth. And how do you do that? Well, first of all, I would write them all a personal note card. You know their address. Go to the public records and pull it up if you forgot. Oh, and by the way, how do you find your old, you know, some of you don't even remember some of your past clients, Do yourself a favor. Go into your MLS today and look at your stats, all your closed sales from the time you became a realtor on the listing side and the buyer side. Pull up those names. Write them down. Go to the public records. Find their address. Mail them a personal note card. And it could be like, hi, John. I was in your neighborhood recently and I thought about you. And then carry it on from there. Did you realize that right now that there's... Less than 1.9 months of inventory left in the United States. Mm. A handwritten note card goes a long way. A text message, an email. Always with something like, I'd like to talk to you about something. I'd like to talk to you about the real estate industry. Because you need those advocates out there now more than ever. Your past clients, you need them. Right? This is something you can't just, you know, um, generate more. lead. I mean, we're going to talk about some lead generation, but I'm telling you. Path of least resistance. Go back to your old clients. Open houses. Right now, all of you should be doing open houses. Why? The buyers are out in in tenfold. You know, we're seeing open house stats right now where 45, 60 people are showing up on a Sunday. Wow. I mean, it's out of control. But here's the thing. The nosy neighbors are coming around Like unlike anything we've ever seen before, they want to know what's going on. They want to see what's happening. They see 60 people going to their neighbor's house next door. They're going to come in and they're going to probably want to talk to you. And here's the thing. So right now, make a decision. I want to host an open house this weekend, but go into that open house as if you're preparing for a listing appointment. Have all the stats and facts, the numbers available. Have a CMA report. So when a nosy neighbor comes in, you can show them the CMA report, but then tell them, hey, listen, I have this on my desktop at home or my laptop. I'll email it to you as soon as I get out of this open house. So you don't give them the original. Why? You need their contact information. And now that's a lead. It might take you a month, two months, five months, seven months, whatever. But now that's a potential lead for you to follow up with to get that listing, right? Number three you got to target your geographic farm. Right now, all of you have buyer leads. And you're trying to match those buyers up with the very low inventory in the MLS. Okay? And you know this. You, you, you've showed property six times. You've written six offers. You didn't get it. So what am I going to do? I can't find them the home they want. Well, you got to go after the uh, neighborhood. Geographic firm. What I would do is I would come up with a personal note card and mail them to the neighborhood with a couple of lines that says, Mr. or Mrs. Seller, I have buyers for your neighborhood. They're interested in living in Saturnia Lakes or Stone Creek or whatever neighborhood. They're pre-qualified or or they're a cash buyer. You send that out to 500 people in, let's say, a neighborhood like Saturnia Lakes, you're going to have a seller reach back to you. And that seller might say hey listen i was thinking about selling but if you already have the buyer can we work out something here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right you get them to sign a listing agreement or what we call in florida a commission agreement secure the bag as as the kids will say you got right you got to secure your commission then you go to your buyer and you say hey listen i found this property i'd like to show it to you and you show it to them right so again I think one of the best things you could do is, is if you have a buyer that knows they want to live in a particular neighborhood or an area, start writing those personal note cards, right? Handwrite the envelope. Don't put a return address on it, right? Don't put your office address on it. What do you care if it gets returned or not? Put a Captain America sticker on it and send it out. I guarantee you're going to have a 100% open rate, much better than, let's say, a postcard that says, look at me, I'm a realtor, okay? Let's keep going. Number four. You got to network with other agents to drive listing referrals. Do you know that there are some realtors that are affiliated with certain real estate companies that their real estate office will only allow them to list homes over a million dollars? Okay. I can name right now five in our local market. Okay. So what stops you from reaching out to those agents? And you're talking probably hundreds of agents with those five offices in my local uh, market. What stops you as a realtor from reaching out to them, befriending them, offering them mm-hmm. a nice referral to send you their listings, under a million dollars, or whatever the threshold is at their office? Now this is you've heard me in the past talk about the power of 100 percent. Listen, if, again, I am a firm believer the, to this. Get yourself to a 100 percent commission office like MVP Realty, okay Why? as every realtor in town is offering a 25% referral fee because they're on a 70-30 split with big box realty, you can offer a 40% referral fee, right? And give them more commission by sending you the the lead in the referral, right? So that's the power of 100%. If you're on a 70-30 split, you can't give up 40% of your money and take the listing. But if you're at a 100% company like MVP, you can do that. So I got to say, reach out and network with other realtors in your local market. Those agents that won't roll roll out of bed unless it's a million-dollar listing, right? You'll take all the $250,000 listings, all the $300,000 listings, $500,000 listings, and let them stay in their wheelhouse as you excel in, in taking care of their listings. Number five. You got to start doing some and and think outside the box, right, when it comes to going after for sale by owners in in terms of the free research that you can find online. So, for example, did you know Craigslist right now? If you go to craigslist.com right now, there's a section in there in real estate that says for sale by owner, right? It's not just about the MLS anymore. You got to, you got to, if you're trying to, to find listings and to find properties for your buyers, you're going to have to look at some Fisbos. Now, here's the thing. When you find those for sale by owners on Craigslist, you cannot share that information with your client until you secure the bag, (laughs) get the money out of the way. Because here's the thing. We had a situation recently with one of our agents. She called the seller, a Fisbo. And said, Mr. and Mrs. Fisbo, I have a client for you. It was a million dollar property, Anthony. And um, will you give me 3%? She said to the seller over the phone. The seller said, Absolutely. She said, Great. I'm going to email you the paperwork. So she emailed her in Florida. It's called a commission agreement. She had right on there 3%. Okay. Mm-hmm. She sent it to the seller. She then proceeded to show the property to the buyer. The buyer loved the property. Hmm. They loved the price. They wanted to make an offer. Guess who didn't sign the commission agreement? Oh, the seller. The seller. Dirty. Wow. But it happened. It happened. Huh. So now, my the MVP agent got the buyer excited. And listen, I don't care who you are. In this market with no inventory, a buyer will stab their own brother or sister in the back to get that property <laughs> they want. Yeah nevertheless the agent right so our agent is out 30,000 bucks on a 3% commission dirty games right but if 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 that agent would have secured the commission agreement first before bringing that buyer to the property they would have, none of that would have happened okay but yes listing portals like craigslist.com to go search for fisbos um expired listings Number number six out of 21. You know, you've heard me talk in the past about the the expired listings, the Mike Ferry method, which is basically uh, call the expired listings daily, pick up the phone, and try to make uh, a connection with that expired listing, okay? That obviously another realtor could not sell. Um, You got to be able to to work on your phone skills, though. You got to be able to handle objections. Um, you're going to be making about 20 calls a day, if not more, five times a week. That's 100 calls a week, 52 weeks out of the year. That's 5,200 phone calls to expired listings. Even if you failed 99% of the time and only got 1%, that's 52 listings a year in your portfolio. And you failed 99% of the time. So I like the Mike Ferry method. Mike's been coaching this for 45-plus years. The main reason why I like the Mike Ferry method is once you work on your phone skills, handling objections, and your listing appointment skills, um, one of the main reasons why is that you find out instantly where you stand with the seller. If you call an expired listing and they hang up with you, you know where you stand. You can't do that with a marketing piece. You send out a marketing piece piece 500 postcards... You don't know if they read it or threw it in the trash. All you know is when they call you. So I like the Mike Ferry method because one way or the other, you're either going on a listing appointment, calling them back in the future, or they told you to go to hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is no in between, right? And then you've got the Craig Proctor method, Do two coaches that I think the world of. Uh, they've helped hundreds of thousands of realtors in our industry. And uh, the Craig Proctor method is to come up with a unique selling proposition, postcard, send letters, somehow contact the expired listings with your unique selling proposition to get your phone to ring, to get your email uh, inbox to, to light up, and so forth. And, and some of the unique propositions that Craig has come up with in the past is your home sold in 30 days. Imagine that. You had your property on the market for six months. Nobody could sell it. And here's a realtor that says your home sold in 30 days guaranteed, right? So I would encourage you to go study both the Craig Proctor and Mike Ferry method um, or any coach that you work with that, that talks about expired listings. But I'm telling you, I love expired listings, right? There's probably in, in our market maybe 20 out of the seven 8,000 realtors at the local board that are consistently, keyword consistent, consistently call an expired listings every day. That's it. What are the other 6,980 you know, realtors doing in our market? If you need inventory, go after expired listings. It's a bullseye. It's a target. Now, where can you get the list? Well, every morning, if you want to do it the old school method, you can go to the MLS and see what listings expired. Or if you want to pay for a service, you can use the redx.com, landvoice.com, Coal Realty Resources, Vulcan 7. I mean, there there's many services that every morning in your inbox, they'll send you the list of all the phone numbers of the expired listings. Okay. Mm-hmm. One last tip on expired listings that I used to use is, um, you know, the day the listing expires, you're going to have those 20 realtors all call that same seller. Okay. Hmm. Right? They bombard them. Right. Right. Some are better than others. Some agents are better than others in handling that. But what I would do is and what I've done in the past is I wait about three weeks. Let all the Mike Ferry and Craig Proctor agents you know go on to the next expired listing. I wait about three weeks and then I go back into the MLS and say, Okay, this list these listings expired three weeks ago. How many out of the hundred got relisted in the MLS? Well, for those that got relisted in the MLS I forget about it. Can't call them. It's against the, it's an ethics violation. However, there might be 40 that now three weeks later have never actually gone back in the MLS. At that time, you know, sometimes people, sellers just need a breather. Yeah, They've had three weeks to let all the dust settle to think about their future. And here you are, the only agent, not 20, not 30, not 40 agents, the only one that's calling them with a real solution. Okay. So I would encourage you maybe to try that method as well. Number seven: online seller lead generation through Facebook ads. Okay, what I love about Facebook ads and their demographic and their targeting is that you can have a, a, a lead capture page that says, "Hey, get a free CMA report, find out what your home sold in this crazy market." That type of lead capture page, and then you can run a Facebook ads campaign for a hundred dollars strategically targeting sellers in let's say all of naples or all of fort myers or all of orlando it's one of the best ways to find seller leads because just like looking at the stock market right or cryptocurrency as you and i have been recently talking yes, about yes you always want to look at the numbers what's happening in the world of dogecoin right 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 um, what's happening in the world of bitcoin right And so you want to see what's happening. Is the the market up? Is it down? Well, people, sellers, want to find out what their their home's worth. They don't want to necessarily go to Zillow and find a Zestiman or whatever. So they're going to go, you're going to run an ad and run a Facebook ads campaign targeting sellers based on the demographics, very easy. And uh, they're going to see your ad, click on the link, fill out their name and email address and their address and get a free CMA report. Well, guess what? That's a seller lead. Hmm. We talked about this earlier with for sale by owners. Um, I think that, you know, there's one way you can obviously go to the portals like Craigslist, but I do believe there's another method. It's called driving by the for sale by owner sign, <laughs> putting the, you know, your are footing on the brake in the car, putting it in park, getting out of the car and knocking up to the do- walking up to the door and knocking on wow. it. You're telling me I got to get out of my computer screen and go out there and drive my car. And drive your car around (laughs) and write down every for sale by owner sign, but get out of, stop, put it in park, get out, knock on the door. Knock on the door. A lot of you are afraid. There's fear in our industry. Okay. But you know what? And I've said this in the past, Anthony, is other than being sick or having a loved one pass away or having a family member sick. Which all of us have experienced in, 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 in different forms, the hardest thing you'll ever have to go through in life is being broke. I believe. You can't pay your water bill, it gets shut off. You can't pay your electric bill, it gets shut off. Okay? That's scary. That's something you should be afraid of. Yeah. That's something you should do whatever it takes in life to avoid being broke. And if that means you have to get out of your car and knock on a FISBO door, then that's what it means. Mm-hmm. I'm, hey, listen. Some of you are acting like babies right now. And I, and I promised when we started doing this podcast a while back, I said, I'm going to be straight with you. Why are you not doing this for yourself and your family? Stop the car, get out, and knock on the door. What is the worst thing that can happen? They could say No. What if they say yes? What if you click with them? What if at that moment all the words come out of your mouth that are correct, that they needed to hear? Okay? I'm telling you right now, some of you need to basically understand this is not a game. This is a business. Okay? And when you don't get out of your car, it's like a, a person that owns a restaurant saying they drive into the parking lot and they're like, you know what? I'm not going to open the door today. We're just going to keep it shut today. And we're not going to let anybody in to come to our restaurant today. I don't feel like doing it. Well, guess what? That's not real. That's not even reality. Right? You all need to get out of your car and go knock on the FISBO and see what happens. And I can guarantee you this. By the time you knock on the 20th FISBO door, you're going to be a lot better than when you knocked on the first one. You're going to handle the objections better. You're going to speak more fluently, okay? You got to get over the fear. Here's another one. Number nine, target real estate investors. There's a lot of investors right now sitting on huge portfolios that bought in 2009, right? For, for 30 cents on the dollar. It's money related. There comes a point in every investor's portfolio that they say, you know what? It's time to sell We're at the peak of the market. We're at the highest up. I've been renting this property for many, many years. It's been paid for 10 times over because of that rental income. Thank you, Robert Kiyosaki. But the reality of it is, is these investors, now they all know it's time. Low inventory. Guess what? They've got the inventory. So here's what a, a little task I want you all to do. You could obviously target investors on Facebook ads. They have demographics in there that I go over in our MVP Realty Trainings that you could target investors. But here's some some things that I'm gonna leave you with. Start joining investor real estate groups on Facebook. Jump into the conversation. See how you can help them. Be their resource, right? To help them sell some of these properties, number one. Another thing, thing. uh, investors usually have renters in their property. Go into the MLS right now and find every active rental property that never rented over the last sixty days. Mm. it's vacant it's vacant and since you're not trying to get the rental listing you have every right to reach out to that seller to talk about selling their property oh, wow. two different things okay so just because a rent, uh, rental listing doesn't mean they have a listing to sell the property right two different realtors maybe. Right? So you have every right to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. So think about it. That investor sitting there, the property's not rented. They're paying bills every month. It's now 60 days, 90 days, 150 days, mm-hmm. and the property hasn't rented. There comes a time they want out, right? Another thing that I would possibly do is find 1031 exchange experts, like an accountant that specializes in 1031 oh, exchanges. I see. Okay. Why? There's times that those. uh, sellers or property owners that have property that are investments, they want to get out of that and get into something else. They want a a like product, right? So they want to get out of that single-family home they have in, let's say, Tennessee and buy a single-family home in Fort Myers. And through the tax laws, they do a thing called 1031 Exchange. Well, guess who they're going to call first to get advice? A 1031 Exchange expert. Start networking with them. Right, I know of one in town right now, I think they get 50% of all the 1031 exchanges in this town. They get the calls before the realtors do. Reach out to them. Say, hey, listen, if you ever get a phone call from a property owner that's thinking of yeah. 1031 exchange in the Naples, the Orlando market, whatever, can you please think of me? And I'll refer the business back to you in return. If I have anybody that says 1031 exchange, you're getting all my business. Right? Yeah. So, so I would target real estate investors. Number 10, target builders. Okay? Now, obviously, all the big box builders out there, the big ones, Lenard, D.R. Horton, they have their own on-site staff. But here's the thing. Even, and I could tell you this from my company because we get listings from some of the big national builders. They all want more exposure. Right And right now, there's so much competition in the world of the builders. I think the biggest mistake the agents think is that I want to represent the builder exclusively. No. What if you went in there and said, I would like to get one of your spec houses, one of your homes that you're building to flip that you don't have a buyer for. Give me that listing. Give me the worst listing you have in the entire neighborhood, Mm. the worst lot in everything. And let me see if I can sell it. Okay, Give me one listing agreement. And the reason why I wanted to do that is that's what I did back in 2007, 2006, 2007. And it helped me out tremendously. Where at that moment, I went around and and reached out to all the builders. And I found uh, one builder here in South Naples on Santa Barbara. He was a developer. Um, I got all their excess inventory. I then from that took that portfolio and went up to um, right there off a of whippoorwill off of Pine Ridge road. And I parlayed that into another developer that had like nine uh, model homes that they were sitting on that they had to get rid of out of their portfolio. That led me to Tampa to another developer. So when I say that I've done this, I've done it, but here's the thing, get one listing perform. Don't try to go in there and getting 30, 40 listings. Say, listen, I want one listen. And here's the other thing too. Tell them I'll do it for 4%. So that way I keep 1% unless I bring the buyer and then pay out a 3% co-broke. I don't want to hear from these builder listings that you're trying to get 6, 7, 8, 9%. Try to do it for 4%. And then they're going to look at you and say, well, we pay a 3% co-broke anyways. You're willing to list it for 1% more? Yep. In this market, it's more about strategy, building these relationships because it's not going to be here forever. So if you can do this and pick up one builder listing, because they're going to sell fast. Every month, that's 12 extra listings a year, right? And look at all the buyer leads you're probably going to get once that goes in the MLS. Um, Number 11, circle prospecting. So let's say you get a listing at 123 Main Street. I want you to, to... pick up the phone and call everybody within, I don't know, mile radius and have a little script ready that says something like this. And I'm just, I'm just talking at the top. You know, we were having a conversation about this, Anthony. I'm, I don't even know where this is going to go, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you what I would do. Ring, ring, ring. Hi, is John there? This is John. Hi, John. This is Derek Carlson with MVP Realty. And the reason for my call is that we just listed your neighbor's house down the street at one two three Main Street, and I wanted you to know about it. It's a three bedroom, two bath for three hundred thousand dollars. Mm. And obviously, you know, with the market being so strong right now, um, you may have a friend or a family member that wants to live in the same neighborhood. Great. Well, thank you, Derek. Hey, let me ask you this, John. Have you ever? Th- I mean, the market's at you know the inventory is low. Have you ever thought about possibly putting your house in the market? I could offer you a free CMA report. No, not at this time. Or, Yeah, sure. Why not? It's free. Fantastic. I'll work on this tonight and I'll drop it off tomorrow. I'll email it to you, whatever. But here again, how many agents are doing this? Anthony, not many. Not many. You know why? We see the same agents every year that get the 50 listings a year, the 75 listings a year, the 100 listings a year. Everyone else is fighting for scraps. Five a year, six a year, and so forth. The top agents, this is what they're doing is they're building relationships long before that seller, that neighbor even thinks about putting the property in the market, right? So I got to tell you, circle prospecting is huge. Number 12, right now with a lack of inventory, I want you to play matchmaker. What does that mean? Okay. A lot of buyers would consider new construction if you could paint the picture in their mind. And so, what does that mean? And I'm not talking about the big national builders with the developers out there. Right now, go into your MLS and start looking for vacant lots. Do you see one for $50,000, 75000 doesn't matter because it, it's all based on what the neighborhood could bear. And then, so let's say you find a lot for 50000 And then you go over to my buddies at Laram Construction, right? And you say, Laram. How much is a two thousand square foot house? And they're like, you know what, Derek? I could build a two thousand square foot house for uh, three bedroom, two bath with a garage for uh, three hundred thousand. Fantastic. Here's the lot I found for fifty. So you're telling me three hundred thousand plus fifty thousand equals three fifty. You'll do that? Yep, I can. I can build on that lot for three hundred thousand. Great. So then what you do is you go to the lot owner on the expired vacant lot, or you know you found mm-hmm. it or whatever. You, you get them to agree to allow you to advertise it or you get a listing agreement that says, hey, we're going to advertise it as a vacant lot, but we're also going to advertise it with a 2 B built home from LaRam Construction, 2,000 square feet, three bed. Do I have your permission, Mr. And Mrs. Law owner? I do. You run the CMA report and you're going to probably find out that that house goes for 425. If you put that on the market at 350, do you know how fast it's going to be sold? Now you just created inventory, but here's the thing. You gotta, you you gotta be able to paint the picture for the buyer with the little floor plan, the lot, maybe, maybe the property owner that owns that vacant lot allows you to put a big four by eight sheet of plywood that says to be built home with a floor plan on it. You've seen those. I'm telling you, it's a great way to create inventory. Uh, We talked about this earlier with the, um, with the investors, you know, going on and, and and joining investor groups and so forth, but I can't stress this enough: rental properties. Now, I told you one thing to do was to go into the MLS and look for vacant. I'm sorry, unrented rental properties. Sixty days. Sixty days, ninety days, whatever. Okay. What about VRBO and Airbnb? Right. Start inboxing these. You know, get a little VRBO membership or an Airbnb. And just start asking them about their property. Do not go at it immediately with, hey, I'm a realtor. Would you like to sell your property? No, you would not. Come on, don't do that. Act as if you're interested in the rental. And then what you do is now you're building a relationship and say, you know what? This rental didn't work for me, but I do sell rental properties. If you're ever interested in possibly listing your home for sale, the market's at the all-time high. Um, maybe you want, maybe it's time to do a 1031 exchange, but I'm going to tell you the data is there. What are you doing with the data? A VRBO client or an Airbnb client is a target property owner looking for renters, right? And here's the other thing. You know what they have on VRBO? You can look at how many times the property has been rented in, uh, in, um, for the future. You can see, is it rented in July? Is it rented in August? Is it rented in September? Well, if you see that it's rented every day through the summer, that's probably a seller that might not be interested in renting. But if you look and the calendar is wide open, that person still has bills to pay and they have no renters. Right. It might be time for them to sell. So another great, great thing. Okay, next one. Empty nesters. Empty nesters. Now, what is an empty nester? That's somebody that says, you know what? The kids... They're out of high school. They're off to college. It's just me and you now, honey. <laughs> do you really need a 4,200 square foot house <laughs> with five bedrooms and three baths? that right. is a two story property, right? No, these empty nesters are going to be looking to downsize, right? And so what I would do, and I'll give you a little formula of what I would do. I would look for 3,500 square foot, four bedroom properties in the MLS that was purchased approximately seven years ago with the mindset that they bought. Who buys a big house like that? Somebody Sometimes. with kids. Yep. With the mindset that it might be time, those kids just, they're seven years older. Right. Might be ready to get out of high school. Might be time to downsize. Empty nesters. And again, the dad is there, Anthony. You can find all this in the public records. It's there for everybody. There. Any agent, new agent, veteran agent, it's there for you. Number 15, go into the classified sections every weekend or Craigslist has this too and search for l- large garage sales or estate sales. So if somebody's selling all their stuff, <laughs> yeah. their furniture, right? like everything's for sale. Everything's for sale in this property. Mm-hmm. And you see that, you know, must sell. It's a huge garage sale or a huge estate sale because somebody passed away. After they empty the house, what do they usually do next? Sell it. Sell it. Sell it. And again, you can find this on your Naples Daily News or whatever newspaper you have in your market. Number 16, social media blitz. You got to let the world, all your sphere of influence, you got to let them all know what's going on with the inventory right now, Anthony. And a lot of agents are playing secret agent. They're playing 007 out there. And. And right now, more than ever, is because of that anxiety I talked about with these sellers, they're looking at somebody that, knows, that, that has their stuff together, that understands that, you know, we're at a 70% home ownership rate, right? That understands the numbers, that can elegantly convey that on social media. So right now, more than ever, you need to go on a social media blitz on looking for listings. Number 17 out of 21, short sales, short sales. COVID has uh in some segment of our real uh, of our market, okay, of the entire country, in some segment it has destroyed people that worked in restaurants and so forth and so on. Um, anybody in the tourism world has been crushed because of COVID. Short sales are gonna become relevant again. Um and we do a whole short sale training at MVP Realty, but you know, it's very easy to target somebody that has a short sale, that that's short sale candidate. And here's what it is. Go to your clerk's website. So for example, in Collier County, where Naples is, go to collierclerk.com. In there, you can see document search. In the document search, you're looking for something called LP, Liz Pendens. What is a Liz Pendens? In the Liz Pendens, it's filed, a Liz Pendens gets filed... As soon as the homeowner hits three months late on their mortgage, okay, three months late, 90 days, boom, like clockwork, automatically, that lender's filing a Liz Pendens with the county, which means that once it was filed at the county, a sheriff just knocked on that property owner's door Mm. and served them papers. Well, this data is public information. What if the day after the sheriff knocked on the door, you called them? And it went something like this. Hi, is Bob there? This is Bob. Hi, Bob. This is Derek with MVP Realty. And the reason for my call is that I have investors that are looking in your area. And I was wondering if you'd be interested in selling your property. What will you give me for it? Great question, Bob. I'm going to be in your area tomorrow at... 2 p.m. Can I stop by and I'll go over everything with you? Yep. Great. In that phone call, you never mention the word short sale. For all you know, Bob has the cash to go and and pay the bank back. Don't disrespect Bob like that. Okay? So you go on the appointment. You bring a CMA report. So you, 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 you tour the property with Bob. You ask him if you could sit down in the dining room table. And you go over the CMA report. You say, Bob, based on everything I see here today, your property's worth $200,000. Mm-hmm. I have investors right now that are willing to buy it because of the way the market conditions are for $0.90 cents on the dollar. So I have somebody right now that's willing to give you cash, mm-hmm. can close in two weeks for one eighty. What's Bob going to do? He's going to say, well, I can't do that. Well, what were you thinking, Bob? Well, uh, I owe Bank of America $300,000. Ooh. Well, Bob. I mean, obviously, I just showed you the CMA report. The property value at market price is two hundred thousand. Even if I found a buyer that was willing to give two ten, we're going to have an appraisal problem. Do you have a hundred or ninety grand to bring to the closing table? I don't, Bob. Have you ever heard of a short sale? And at that moment, you go into the process how there's a short sale negotiator, and you know the goal is is to get him uh, released from the property and you sell it at retail and the bank's going to send in an independent BPO or appraiser and you go over that whole process. Mm-hmm. Great way to get listings in this market. And I think the last time I looked at Collier Clerk in the last 90 days, there was something like 65 Liz Pendens filed. Wow. But here's the thing, not too many agents are even attempting. They don't even think about it Yeah. because they think the market's so strong. Right. Those sellers need help. Help them. Help them avoid foreclosure. number 18, bankruptcy and probate attorneys bankruptcy and probate attorneys similar to the 1031 exchange expert start networking with bankruptcy attorneys because many of them can pull the property out of bankruptcy because it has a little bit of equity in it a little bit of equity Mm -hmm. right 20 30 grand and instead of just putting in all the cards and saying i am bankrupt right? They can pull the property back from the bankruptcy. So that's why you want to go uh, bankruptcy. Probate is when somebody passes away, right? The first th- phone call that gets made, we, we're dealing with one right now at the company. The person has seven properties that we had as a company. Some of them are pending, but he passed away a few weeks ago. Hmm. First thing I did is I called the fire legal hotline. I called my attorney. They said, Derek, the only thing that we can do right now is to tell that the heirs, the people managing the estate, the person that passed away, they need to talk to a probate attorney immediately because the contract, even if you pass away, is still enforceable. So if they have a listing and it's under contract, we need to make sure that these probate attorneys get involved. So one of the first phone calls that the, the family members make is to a probate attorney. Get them on the phone, start networking with them, right? Mm-hmm. And see where that goes because they're going to probably recommend you to that family. That's in dire need of finding a realtor right away. And a lot of, in Florida, a lot of the family members live in Ohio and Michigan and Boston. They don't know a realtor down here. Does that make sense, Anthony? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay, number 19, divorced couples. Mm. COVID has caused so much havoc in relationships, whether it, maybe somebody lost their job. I mean, let's face it, it's tough. I mean, date night, you can't go to the movies anymore. Travel that you used to do with your significant others, gone. Um, it's caused a lot of havoc in relationships, a lot of stress and relationships. So obviously the divorce rate is up. Okay. Um, as somebody that has gone through a divorce myself, okay, I'm going to tell you right now, some divorce couples need help ex- getting rid of the property that they both shared. Um, for some reason or the other, they need to sell it. So you can go about this a couple of different ways. Um, you can go about this and join in groups that are for divorced couples on Facebook. Um, you can target divorced couples using the demographics on Facebook, or somebody that recently got a divorce, I should say. But I think the best way to handle this again is by calling divorce attorneys. Get a div- go right through and start networking with divorced attorneys um, that handle divorces, I should say, divorce attorneys. And I think you're going to find a wealth of potential listings in that. Uh, Number 20, the number one online platform in the world is what? Google. Start running Google ad campaigns for what is my home worth. Same type of concept with um, Facebook ads. But instead of targeting demographics, you're targeting zip codes. So you can go strictly after the 34119 zip code and target seller leads But here's what I would do. I wouldn't even just do the zip codes. Similar to writing those personal note cards that says, I have buyers for your property. Remember when we talked about that? Yeah. Where I said geographic farming. One of the things I love about Google ads is that you can target cities and states and even zip codes, as I mentioned, or counties. You can actually drop a pin on a neighborhood and go with a mile radius. Okay. So you can run that same mindset of, hey, we have buyers for your, your neighborhood. Would you consider selling? You could run that campaign targeting everybody in Saturnia Lakes. Gotcha. Or, so it'll right. be something like a lead capture page you yes. create and you yes. promote it, right? So that's what you I want to do. promote on Google Ads, yeah. Right, got and it. you could do that with what is my home worth, got get your free CMA report. But I also like speaking to them. We have buyers for your neighborhood. And if you're doing it within a one-mile radius and you have mm. truly, you have buyers for Saturnia Lakes, it's a great way to capture yeah. leads. Okay, last one, Anthony. This one here. Start networking with the managers of assisted living facilities. So, for example, my wife's grandma, grandmother, um, recently moved to an assisted living. Um, she has a home. The oh, home is currently okay, vacant. Okay, okay. Okay, it's currently vacant um, up there in the villages. And there's going to come a time after the family members clean out the home. It's going to go on the market. So what I'm saying to you is that there's, I mean, I could tell you right now in Naples, what is it? 20, 30, 40 assisted living facilities. At least network with them. Go in there and talk to the salespeople and say, listen, obviously for some people to get to your facility, they need to sell their home in Pelican Bay or Pelican Marsh. Right. Um, I did this a few years ago, um, with my ex-wife, she actually was a manager, sales manager with uh, assisted living facilities and she still is today. She just moved to a different facility. But um, she was doing a a seminar where people were invited to learn about this beautiful neighborhood with swimming pools and it's all assisted living, right? They have restaurants and bingo night and all that stuff, right? And people, um, she had a list of people and she said, would you like to come in and be a vendor? to offer your services to help them sell their home if they would like to live here. Okay. Beautiful connection, right? So again, networking with assisted living, um, is, and that's number 21, is another great way for you to be able to find listings uh, when there is low inventory. Yeah. Anthony, that's all I got for you. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully our listeners will be able to pick up some strategies and, and really be able to find different solutions Of getting more listings Sounds good And again I mean with 1.9 months Of inventory Across the United States Having these 21 methods To attain a listing uh, Has to be very helpful So Derek Carlson Thank you once again My friend For this invaluable Information here Thank you Anthony I appreciate the time And hey listen If you're listening to this We can always point you But it's up to you Take action Take massive action And watch what happens To your career Have a great day everybody Yeah (laughs)